Hey friends, welcome back. I don't know about you, but it gets pretty real up in here in the McHugh household on occasion. My kids are at home all the time because we homeschool. So on occasion is really all day, every day. <laughs> but there's the normal kid behaviors that one would expect while helping our friends who have yet to develop a full frontal cortex like tantrums and yelling and pushing. But I've noticed that the worst, like my three-year-old's eczema got, the worst she behaved. And I hear this a lot in my calls with all of you guys. As hard as I wish it wasn't the case, I've noticed there's a very direct correlation between eczema flares and an increase in undesirable behaviors. As if it wasn't challenging enough, just for fun. But it makes complete sense. He rises, right? So when our little babies are experiencing flares in their skin, the excess inflammation affects their temperaments and they tend to show more heated emotions like anger. And I know I'd probably cry a lot more often if I had red peeling itchy skin. Like being that uncomfortable never helps. Point is, as a parent of four young kids, I need some tools so I don't lose my mind. And I'd like to not completely scar my kids when I do discipline them or just in our everyday interactions. Like I don't wanna yell or go bananas. And so to help myself and all of you, I've researched a few different positive parenting philosophies and I've condensed their teachings into this episode so we can all work together to lead our families in the most calm, unruffled way possible. And it's up to all of us to help our kids regulate their nervous systems, help them feel safe, really this is it, to help them feel safe and seen and heard, and create an environment where true healing can take place. Let's get into it. Hey mama, welcome to the Eczema Kids podcast. Do you want your baby to actually have baby soft skin? Are you literally up all night caring for your itchy, miserable kid? Are you hoping to give your child a life free of disruptive skin symptoms without pharmaceuticals? Hi, I'm Andra. I was also a mom of a toddler and a baby struggling with severe eczema. I too felt helpless because I couldn't figure out how to get rid of my children's eczema and wished I could take the misery out of their bodies. Every day I questioned, is what I'm doing actually making a difference? I wondered, would I ever be able to go to the pool with my kids, take family photos, or eat outside the home without an eczema flare? Through diet and natural time-honored solutions, combined with endless hours of research and experimenting, I eliminated eczema from our lives. When you tune into this podcast, you will find itchy kid remedies, diet and nutrition advice, and healthy kid hacks to help lessen your workload and lighten your family home. Grab your egg-free snack, and let's get on with healing our kids. In my coaching calls with all of you guys, there's a definite through line. You guys are all doing your very best. You are all already the healthiest people in your friends and family group. You are doing every single thing that you can think of. You've gone to all the doctors, you've done the testing, you've tried all the creams, but it isn't working. You need to change course, but you don't know what else you could possibly do. You're doing everything that you know how to do already. You need a transformation, but it's like, how else could you possibly bring that about? I know 
I know the way you're feeling because I was definitely there. We hadn't eaten gluten or dairy for years and two of our kids were still suffering from extreme eczema. We had a water filter, still. Eczema took over our lives for a period of time. The pediatrician said very sternly, you must put steroid creams on your kids and you must put them in bleach baths and you're going to have to accept that this is a chronic condition and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And I'm here guys to say that's just not the case, that my babies and your babies are all meant to be well. And I want to streamline that process for you so you can give your kids the gift of clear skin and restful sleep for them, for yourself, and just a peace of knowing that you're truly healing their bodies, not just bandaging the condition with topical treatments. And if that's where you're at, where you are at a loss as to what else that you could possibly do and want a transformation for you and your kid, I would love to help you bring about that change. Check out eczemakids.com on the work with me tab. You'll find all the details there. I give you a framework so you can start implementing changes that legitimately bring about change in your little skin condition and their overall health. It does take work. It does take discipline. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't, but I know you're the type of people who see the value in that, who know that something has to change. So again, eczemakids.com. I'll see you there and talk to you soon. Okay, so I'm obviously not a parenting expert, but I am an adept researcher. So my goal here is to pick some of our most challenging situations and give you action steps and key phrases to use according to four positive parenting philosophies. I looked at love and logic, I followed them for a really long time. They're a Colorado-based company and we're, we're from Colorado. I love them. Amy McCready of Positive Parenting Solutions. She's wonderful. Generation Mindful. I've, I've talked about that resource before. I love them as well. And also Janet Lansbury of the Unruffled podcast. And she writes a book called No Bad Kids. If you hear something that might help you with your tough parenting situations, it might help to take notes and just post them on the fridge in a grid-like format in the face of this behavior, for example, tantrums, an ideal parenting response or like what resonates most with me would be, you know, why. So that's what I like to do. It just helps me the fastest if I have just a very clear path ahead of me in a place that we can see, does it work all the time? No, of course not. Do I remember to do it all the time? Definitely not. And selfishly, I'm doing this roundup because I need more tools. I need them now. And so I chose to focus on two behaviors that all of us are dealing with, and that's tantrums. And then also, compliance for things like putting on your lotion like I know I've experienced this myself and in talking to all of you guys I know that's a huge issue right like you'd love to just let it be natural consequences but sometimes when their skin is literally peeling off you don't have that luxury 
I've done it. I've let my three-year-old just be in her skin. Say, if I, if I can't put on your lotion, like it's going to get worse. But then she wakes up more that night. You know, like that's, it's not a good situation. It just really feels like one of those things where you sincerely have to intervene sometimes, right? And I know, I know this is a problem for all age kids. I mean, not babies, right? You do what you have to do for babies. I know all the way through, you know, teenagers, you need to get them intrinsically motivated to solve their situation more so with, with teenagers. Point is, I'm just trying to present this information to help all of us. Because when I have a kid screaming at me, like at a decimal 10, it's hard for me to focus on exactly what I'm supposed to say. So having a cheat sheet on the fridge or another common area just really helps me. So I'm going to go through what these four parenting philosophies would suggest surrounding tantrums and then also what they would likely suggest, what I could derive from their teachings for specifically putting on your lotion or doing the skincare routine that is required for our sweet little eczema babies. So I hope this is helpful. Okay, so Amy McCready of Positing Parenting Solution first offers, like, prevention is key. So she says the best thing you can do to ward off any undesirable behaviors is to engage in mind-body-soul time, which is like a 15-minute focused section of time just between you and each kid you have doing whatever activity that they want to do which is so lovely. And it doesn't seem like that hard of ask, but I know how hard it is in real life to put that in. I think it's an amazing idea and I certainly don't practice this every day. I really want to, it's a goal, so that's why I'm sharing it with you. But uh, you know, and then the same in the same turn, of course, you gotta feed them, you gotta water them, they, may, they need enough sleep. So point is, do as much prevention as you possibly can, just like forest fighters. <laughs> Prevention is key. Okay, and then the second part of prevention would be to reveal in advance that you won't be responding to your child's negative behaviors and say something like, I expect us to speak to each other with a calm and respectful tone. When you scream at me, I'm not going to respond. I am going to walk away. When you're able to speak calmly and respectfully, I am here for you. So this is another key, key. It has to be in advance. It has to be revealed in advance during a harmonious time. And you're really just speaking to what you will do as a parent when this undesirable situation prevents itself. So she says, if you haven't said this in advance, don't, don't do this. So she says, you know when to use a strategy when you feel angry or provoked. And I like this because you have total control of this. You can always move your body and not react, right? That's really all you have control over. So if the tantrum is happening in public, McCready suggests just stop talking and take action. So just pick them up or take their hand if they're too big for that and take them outside or to the car so your kid can quiet down, you know, and save some of their dignity. So here's what love and logic has to say about tantrums which is largely the same thing. They offer up the verbiage, I'll listen as soon as your voice is as calm as mine. 
Or I listen to people who don't yell at me. You don't have to be in the same space as a tantruming person. You don't fight it. Again, you have only control of yourself. So, and you could also phrase in the positive, like what you want to happen and speak to what you can control. And that's just you. That's basically the premise of all of their teachings is say what you would like to happen versus, versus you know, focusing on the negative, like don't whine to say, I would like to be spoken to in a respectful tone and we will re-engage when that can happen. So <clears throat> I love these two philosophies. I know in my own experience, when our younger kids are literally losing it, they're like not there anymore. They really aren't. It's, they're just too young. The emotion is too big and it takes over their body. And our job is really just to allow it, right? So Generation Mindful says, so Generation Mindful on tantrums, and I really like this resource. They do have a printout that you can follow that is like a grid. I'll try and link that to the show notes. But instead of saying like, stop crying, to which our children hear it's unsafe to show emotion, they say to help your child name and tame the feeling so they can heal it. So they say to respond with, I see you are sad and I am here for you. So this is different than the other two and it's not intuitive. It's hard to not get caught up in the challenging behavior, but I think it really does help. And I watched this happen actually with my husband and my three-year-old, she was losing her mind. And we do have the generation mindful grid on our fridge. And he said, oh boy, what am I supposed to do? Looked it up and then went over to her and said, I see you are sad and I am here for you. And she legit calmed down like right then. It was amazing. They just need to be seen and heard just like all of us. It's incredible. Not hard, but we forget. And again, this is the reason for this podcast. I forget every single time, every single day. I really, really need some help. So turning to another expert, Janet Lansbury, she's the author of No Bad Kids and the host of the podcast Unruffled, says close to the same thing, mainly that the tantrum is the child's to own that there really isn't anything we can do about it, which we've all noticed when our kids are screaming, demands like, oh, I need this toy or I need water or go away. Like according to Janet, our kids are just experiencing their feelings and the healthiest and the most mature way that we can respond is just to hold the space so they can ride the ride. So here are words from her own blog about what we can do as parents when our kid is tantruming. She says, the most loving thing we can do is just see it for what it is and to understand that our child in that situation, just allow them to verbally lash out and know that it's not about us at all. It's about the kid who's in the middle of some really, really uncomfortable feelings and they will get better on their own when they get to the end of those feelings. And also know that it's developmentally normal and appropriate for our young kids to experience tantrums and for our older kids to act out in other ways, right? And that's liberating. I think this is liberating because you aren't responsible for anything. It's just to love them 
There's no right thing to say or do, just hold the space. Our kids don't need us to ride the ride with them. That actually makes it scarier. And when you do get sucked into those emotions, those high energy, unpleasant emotions, that can make us lose our cool, right? And also make the kid feel pressured or or pushed back when they need that space to be clear. So if you if you need to, you can say, I'll be right back. If you do need to go to the bathroom or attend to other kids or dinner or whatever it is. So really, it's just do nothing. Aside from just being as preventative as possible, like everyone recommends and of course plays out in real life, don't overextend them as best you can. Feed them, water them, lotion them, all the things, and then just trust. Like the name of her podcast suggests, just be unruffled. And it's really what all of these philosophies have in common. That's the through line is be unruffled, be unfazed, keep your cool. And you will feel better when you when your head hits the pillow at night and they will feel more secure and seen and whole in your relationship with them. And I try and see this as mirroring like our dietary approach to combating eczema, right? Eczema is a heat condition. And like increases like. So just as you wouldn't eat spicy foods to heal eczema, in the face of heated emotions, you choose cooler, calmer ones. And we all have this ability to consciously choose. But I hear you. I know you. I am you. Like, And again, these are words from parenting experts that I am trying to apply to our situations. I need reminders all day, every day. Okay, I'm going to end it there because we're going to get way too long. So I'm going to save what the experts would suggest surrounding compliance and specifically what to do about things like putting on their lotion or just maintaining their skincare routine for their own good, obviously, and what we can do when we're fighting resistance in that arena. I hope this is helpful. Let me know if you've employed any of these strategies and you won or or let me know otherwise. Tell me about it in our Facebook group. It's Eczema Solutions for Kids, Natural Healing and Comfort. Or you can send me a SpeakPipe message, which is can be found on my website, eczemakids.com under the resources tab. There's tons of ways to get a hold of me. I can't wait to talk to you further about this. So I'll see you next week for round two. Take care. You are doing great. Hey friend, if today's episode helped you in any way, would you leave me a review in Apple Podcasts? Neither of us have time for social media, so this is the best way to help other parents find this podcast and heal their kids. Thanks for your contribution towards ending childhood eczema.